Um, but Psalm 19, um, and we're going to do the whole of the psalm. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like champions rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We're going to look at Psalm 19 in a minute. Um, One of the priorities for the elders is um, this year to make prayer a priority. And it's great, isn't it, to come out on a night and just have some prayer and praise. But we can't have an evening without at least a little bit of time in the Word. So um, I think when we... When we come to God in prayer, it's very easy, isn't it, to come to him with all our needs, to speak at him and come and ask him for our various problems. And actually, a a relationship with Jesus, any relationship, requires two-way conversation. And I think in our busy lives, we're sometimes very guilty at rushing on. And actually, we speak at God, but how often do we take time to sit back and hear him, to listen to him, him speak? And Psalm 19 is a beautiful Hopefully we've got it on there. It's a beautiful psalm. It just reminds us about how God can speak to us. And I'm, breaking, I'm going to break this into three chunks. So what I'd like to do is less a formal preach and just a, a, a sort of little devotion leading into some open prayer time. So what I'd like to do is just look at verse, verses 1 to 6, where it really focuses on God speaking through creation. And then we'll just have some open prayer as we praise God with our words rather than our singing. And then I'll move on and talk about uh, the next few verses and so on. So three, three separate chunks. Before we uh, read Psalm 19, let's uh, pray that God will indeed speak to us. Lord, thank you that you are a loving God. Thank you that we can have a relationship with you because... Jesus, of what you did on the cross. Thank you that we can have a relationship with God the Father. 
Lord, thank you for your written word. And thank you that you are a God who wants to speak to us, not just to hear our prayers. So Lord, as we ponder your scripture again, your words again, Lord, would you indeed speak to us and encourage us and inspire us this evening through the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I think I'm going to take my... I've just had cataract surgery, and I think I'm going to take my glasses off, so I can't see that, but hopefully you can. I'm going to leave this scripture up for when we pray, because it's good sometimes, isn't it, to just allow scripture to prompt how we pray. So that's what we're going to do in a minute. So let's take those first six verses. Have you ever wondered why God made billions of stars. You're always hearing about the, uh, the astronomers finding and discovering yet another galaxy or a star out there. Have you ever wondered, why did God make so many stars, so many planets? We only need one planet to live on, don't we, one Earth. Uh, we only need one sun to warm us up. We only need one moon and maybe a few stars just to light up the night. So why did God bother making so much? And then think about snowflakes. It's amazing, isn't it? Every single snowflake is different from the other one. Why did God make every snowflake completely unique? And think about the leaves on a tree. Every single leaf on a particular single tree is different from the other. Why didn't God just make one template pattern of leaves instead of making them all individually unique? And I don't know about you, I mean, uh, wonderful animals, lots of animals and plants. Why did God make such variety? In in particular, I guess we could ask, why did he make the wasp or the spider? But God made such variety, didn't he, in his creation? And have you ever looked around in a crowd, just tonight, look around at the different faces? You know, there's something like seven billion people on this planet, and every single individual is unique. Isn't that amazing? God's creation is amazing, and our God is a creative God. So when we look at these first six verses of Psalm 19, they tell us that God, David tells us that God speaks through creation. Look at verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Can you see that God wants us to look at his creation, everything that he's made. God wants us to see his glory when we look at the beauty of creation. When you look at the night sky, do you stand and wonder at the power of that creator God who simply spoke the universe into being? It's amazing, isn't it? Power just to speak and all of those stars and planets and all of this creation was made. God wants us to see and hear him in his creation. Verse 2. Day after day, they, that's creation, pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. The heavens speak to us every day of the power and the majesty of our Lord. They show off his unbelievable creative intelligence. You know, even the cleverest scientist has only glimpsed a tiny, tiny aspect of God's wisdom and God's power. And then verses 3 and 4. 
There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. So God's majesty is displayed through his creation for all mankind to see, wherever he lives on earth. So that nomadic desert dweller is going to see God's creation in just the same way as people living in mountains or people by the sea or even people in the cities. Maybe they can't see the stars quite so well. The creator God is visible to all men and to all women. And then verse 5 and 6. In the heavens he's pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. Now the rising and the setting of the sun It's an amazing miracle, isn't it? It's been going on. Day has become night. Night has become day again, over and over and over again for thousands of years, never failing. Without the heat of the sun, life on earth couldn't exist. Billions and billions of people throughout history have seen the dawn of a new day, often with that gorgeous red glow, and then again in the evening at dusk. Our God wants us to see and hear him when we look at what he's created. He's made everything so amazing so that we would marvel. And I think he's also created such a beautiful planet, not just to show off his glory, but I think he's done it for our pleasure, doesn't he? He loves us. He's made everything so beautiful because he loves us and he wants to us to enjoy creation. And there is something wonderful and peaceful, isn't there? When you go for a walk in nature, there's something beautifully connecting to God when you go for a walk. It's one of my favorite things to do. A couple of mates and go for a prayer walk. We did it just before Christmas and seeing the, the, the red dawn, praying and lifting up our praise to God. Beautiful thing to do, real connection to God. And I don't think it's a surprise, is it, that Jesus himself often retreated into the mountains, somewhere quiet in creation, in order to be close to his Father. And I think we too must learn not to just rush on with our lives. We're busy, aren't we? We're so busy that we don't, we miss it all, and we therefore miss out on hearing what God has to say to us. So let's, in 2020, take time out in the quiet of creation, find space to let God speak to us of his majesty, his power, and his glory. So what I'd like to do now, feel free to stay seated or to stand up, but shall we just use these verses now, just to briefly pray, use, this, use the scripture to prompt our prayer. So shall we, shall we pray, just threefold, we're all one family, let's pray, shall we? Romans 1 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. 
but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Lord, forgive us that we have, uh, as mankind, Lord, has seen all these beautiful things that you've made and cut you out of the equation. They, they focus on the created things rather than their creator. Forgive us, Lord, for our dark ways. Forgive us, Lord, that we've literally been blinded by science and we try and find different ways of explaining our, the planet that we live in, this beautiful place that you made. So, Lord, as Christians, help us to not be polluted by the opinions of the world. Help us, Lord, to see the beauty of your creation and behind it to see the beauty of our creator and our saviour. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So those uh, first six verses look at how God speaks through his creation. The next few verses, if we flick to the next slide, hopefully, um, shows us how God speaks through his word. Let me read. Let's just read these again briefly. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure, altogether righteous. They're more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Now David, of course, when he's speaking about the law, he only had for his scripture, God's word, he only had the first five books of the Bible. Aren't we blessed that we've got 66 books of God's word to be able to read, all pointing to Jesus, our saviour. And David in these few verses just ponders the qualities, the purpose, the value of God's word. So let's look, verse 7, we see the law of the Lord, God's word, is perfect. Now we might not understand all of it, but God's word in its entirety is of course Holy Spirit breathed. It's perfect, it's flawless. And how different from the words that we hear on our televisions, in our newspapers, from our politicians. We're bombarded, aren't we, with different types of messages each day, and much of that is falsehoods, unhelpful. And it's in contrast to God's word, which is perfect. We also read here, don't we, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. What else can we read that is perfectly trustworthy? What else can we read that provides us with perfect wisdom? We can believe and trust in the word of God because it's true, as we read in verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right. Now, we live in a world, don't we, that people have lost sight 
of who they are. They've lost sight of what is right and what is wrong. And yet all we need to do is turn to God's word to learn the truth. And our opinions in life, whatever they may be, they really should be shaped by God's word rather than what we hear bombarded at us through the media. And if we're ever in doubt about a particular issue, we should simply say, what does God's word say about this? And David continues, writing in verses 8 and 9, The commands of the Lord are radiant. The fear of the Lord is pure. The ordinances of the Lord are sure. All of these are characteristics, aren't they, of God. They reflect his character. He is full of wisdom. He is perfect. He is trustworthy. He is radiant. He is pure and sure. We can trust his word because of who God is. And we need to read his word in order to hear him speak. And the wonder of it is that it's the very Holy Spirit that breathed these words of Scripture into life. It's the very Holy Spirit that then takes those words and sinks them deep into our hearts and our minds and our souls so that he speaks to us directly. Those very words of wisdom. Scripture is given to reveal God to us. And then we can read in this psalm also the effect of reading scripture upon us. Verse 7, what does it do? It revives the soul, makes wise the simple. In God's eyes, an uneducated and simple but born-again believer is far wiser than the cleverest of atheistic scientists. Verse 8, God's word gives joy to the heart. How much of our dark world needs God's joy right now. And then verse 8 again, God's commands are radiant and they give light to the eyes. It's sad, isn't it, that so many people are spiritually blind. They can't accept the truths and wisdom presented in Scripture. And as a consequence, they're stumbling around in darkness and in fear. And then in verse 10, We read, God's word is more precious than gold and sweeter than honey. So our New Year's resolution this year should really be spend more time in God's word. Let him speak to us as we read these perfect words of wisdom and joy. So again, let's move into just some brief time of prayer together as we just lift up, give thanks for his word and just ask this year that God will use his word to just give us a deeper revelation of who he is and and really speak to us uh, as we come before him quietly and meditate upon scripture so again let's just pray uh, again using this scripture these words to prompt us Let's uh, move on to the last part of this psalm, verses 11 to 14. God, um, David also knows that God's word convicts us of sin. So as he speaks to us, he speaks to us of our sin. And scripture is like a mirror, isn't it? When we look into it, we see where we're falling short. So we read in verse 11, by them, that's God's word, scripture, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. 
Now our sins keep us from coming into the presence of God. So the greatest reward in dealing with sin is therefore being able to come into the presence of that mighty creator God that we read about at the beginning of the psalm. We've got a lot to thank Jesus for, haven't we, when he took our sins on the cross in order that we could be made blameless so that we could come into the presence of God the Father. Verse 12, who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Sometimes we are blind to our own sins. Often it's easier, isn't it? I can see faults in other people much easier than I can see my own faults. Claire tells me over and over again what they are, but uh, it's easier, isn't it? When we, it's, it's easy to criticize other people and to see their failings. We're all sinners. We all do things, don't we? And actually, this scripture reminds us there is some stuff in our life that we're blind to. And that's stuff that potentially is help preventing us having a full engagement with our perfect God. In a moment, we're going to spend some time, quiet time. So instead of having open prayer, I'm going to go and play the piano. The instruments will play quietly just to give us some space to pray one-to-one quietly before God. And the start of that should really be confession. And I think a good prayer to start off with would be to ask God to reveal to us individually what are those things that we're blind to that he'd like to deal with. And then let the Holy Spirit convict us of the things that God wants us to change. And then we read about these other sins. Sometimes we know a sin that it's regular, it's trapping us. It's a willful sin, as David puts it in verse 13. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. And then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Now each one of us will know those things that we do or say on a regular basis that we don't seem to be able to change. Maybe a habit of a lifetime, maybe a flaw in our character, maybe addictions that trap us. Now we cannot deal with these willful repeat sins in our own strength. We need God's power to deal with them. So let's also, as we pray our confession prayers, be very specific about what we pray for and come before God and ask his help to actually deal with those things that we do know about. And then finally, Psalm 19 ends with these wonderful words. They're always a good way to end any prayer, aren't they? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Wonderful, isn't it? So we're going to now, I'm going to, the instruments will play quietly. Just focus on that personal confession time to start off with. Just bring 2020, bring yourself to the Lord. Now we're not very good with silence. And I think we, if we leave silence and we just have like 30 seconds, feels like forever, we're going to have a good five, ten minutes of music time for you to just be quiet. Be still before the Lord. Meditate on his words. Let him speak to you. And usually that can't be done in a rush. So we're going to have three or four quiet songs for you to just bring yourself to the Lord and let him speak.
Let me pray and then we'll start playing some music. Lord, thank you that you speak to us. You want to speak to us. Lord, thank you that you've made creation so beautiful. And through that, when we look at the beauty of the world that you made, Lord, you speak to us of who you are of your power, your majesty, your glory. And may we every day of our lives, Lord, look at that beauty and be reminded of who you are and just be prompted to praise you every day. And Lord, thank you that you speak through scripture. Thank you for these precious words in this Bible. Thank you that as we read your Holy Spirit will prompt our hearts and minds and take us to a particular verse, something that will speak deeply into our souls. We want to be transformed, Lord. We want to become the people that you want us to be. So as we read scripture, thank you that you speak to us. And Father, also we know our sins are the things that keep us, keep us from you. And Lord, help us to keep short accounts. Help us to deal with those sins. So, Lord, as we come quietly before you now, I pray that you will speak to each one of us, encourage us, rebuke us if that's what's needed. Holy Spirit, touch us, encourage us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.